Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. We're going to check in with Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy with Cruise News, in just a couple of seconds. Also, Dr. Chris from San Diego just returned from a seven-night sailing out of Galveston aboard Royal Caribbean's Liberty of the Seas. So looking forward to talking to Dr. Chris here later on in the show as well. But before that, a couple of housekeeping things. Uh, Cruise Radio News. Look us up on Facebook. It's our Cruise Radio News Facebook group. Join the conversation. We'd love to have you. A lot of opinions in there. I love it. Just keep them coming. Also, I, I recently just signed up for Snapchat, and I'll be sailing on Carnival Conquest next week, and I'll be snapping along the way there for the six nights. So if you want to follow along, uh, look me up on Snapchat. Just follow Cruise Radio. Uh, we'd love to follow you back there as well. All right. Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, is standing by. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good, man. Coming right out of the gate here, just announced uh, a couple of hours ago, Carnival Inspiration is going in for a massive three-week-long dry dock. What are we going to see here? Well, we're going to see the addition of Guy's Burger Joint. Love it. We're going to add the Blue Iguana Cantina, Mm -hmm. the Red Frog Rum Bar, the Alchemy Bar, Blue Iguana Tequila Bar, and Cherry on Top, which is the candy store. So these are a lot of the features that are found on the new ships that uh, we're now going to you know, see on on more of the fantasy class ships as it's it's apparent that uh, Carnival Cruise Line is really going to be doing some significant upgrades uh, to their to their oldest ships to make them more relevant and uh, equipped with the uh, the latest and greatest that they've got. And, and as we've seen, uh, you know, the Red Frog Rum Bar really seems to have uh, done exceptionally well, where they were able to create their own fun bar on board their ship. Where other lines like NCL, they went with like Margaritaville, which mm-hmm. really just doesn't have the same kind of a feel that they were hoping for. I guess it's a lot cheaper keeping the branding in the house too, huh? Well, I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's their own. Yeah, they, they right. don't you know they don't have to pay any licensing fees, and uh, they they really developed a, a nice product. So if you've ever been on any of the carnival ships, you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. because it's it's really a fun place to to hang out and meet friends and eat and drink and. Uh, be merry. Be merry, yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually last week, we talked about Norwegian Cruise Line. They were changing their branding for 2016. And then a couple of days ago, Celebrity Cruises announced that they were changing branding. What are we seeing? Like, What kind of shift are we seeing with celebrities' branding and the new branding? Well, they're going with uh, modern luxury. I mean, they've, they've had modern luxury for years. Mm-hmm. But what they're doing is they're declaring that modern luxury lives here. And uh, so they're they're going to try to... You know, grab people's attention, try to, you know, educate people that, uh, you know, the adventures and the great destinations that they go to. I mean, they really do have, I mean, the Solstice class ships are really spectacular. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I think the, uh, the Marco Polo thing is, uh, is pretty weak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you've seen the commercials. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's nice to see, you know, some, some, some changes. But, uh, you know, I think the commercials fell flat. The messaging, as far as modern luxury lives here, I mean, that, hey, that's great, but uh, everything else, I think, uh, fell off a cliff. So this next story is kind of interesting because MSC Cruises has been calling uh, the MSC Seaside <laughs> that's coming up. They keep calling it the iPhone of the sea, but now they just announced a partnership with Samsung. So is it really going to be the iPhone of the sea still? 
I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's silly. And, uh, you know, then they call it uh, the next generation smart ship. Well, you know, they're, they're going to have, so essentially, Doug, what they're going to be doing is they're going to, I mean, Samsung is, is one of the greatest technology companies in the world. So mm-hmm. they're going to be having, you know, uh, Samsung HD flats, you know, screen TVs and public displays and all, all the kinds of digital signage. And, you know, they're going to have smartphones and tablets offering uh, virtual reality and 36-degree experiences. They're going to have, uh, you know, the different technology that's in their medical centers, which really doesn't appeal to many people. But they're not talking about anything that makes this ship smart. I mean, it's kind of like a, a dumb ship with, you know, flashy screens. Right. It's not like, you know, with Royal Caribbean who originated the term smart ship with their quantum-class ships, where they have this greatly improved satellite technology that, you know, connects the, the ships, you know, with the rest of the world, mm-hmm. not to mention all the different, you know, technology that's available around the ship. I mean, it, it's going to be great. Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of Samsung. It's great that they're going to be able to, you know, utilize this technology to make uh, the passenger experiences better. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll have to wait to find out what the tablets and smartphones will be able to do, but uh, it's, I guess it's a, it's a nice step in the, in, the, in, the, in a good direction. Have we heard anything? Um, you know how like celebrity does uh, iPhone and Mac courses on their ships. Have we heard anything about them selling like Samsung phones on their no, ships? But I would I would think that would be uh, inevitable. Yeah, where they would have the uh, first Samsung store at sea, mm-hmm. where yeah, you know, celebrity on uh, Celebrity Eclipse was the first cruise ship to have actually an iStore store at sea. Yeah. Interesting. Moving on here, Norwegian Cruise Line has delayed the opening of their new private island. Uh, is it is it an island or is it just a destination for them? It, it's K. actually it's a private island. Okay. off the coast of Belize, mm-hmm. and it's it's pretty extensive, and uh, you know it appears that construction may have uh, fallen behind a little or just not uh, where they want it to be. So they have delayed the first ship arrivals uh, until November. Of 2016. Hmm. I wonder if oh. it, it was supposed to open like like next month or in two months, right? Correct. Yeah. Interesting. But, uh, you know, look, you know, you're not going to open something like that up if it's not ready. Is this the place that was they're calling it like Banana Coast or something like that, or is that something no, totally no, different? This is this is Harvest Key. Okay. And uh, what is Banana Coast? Yeah, you know, the Banana Coast uh, appears to have uh, fallen off. Uh, ah. It didn't really get very good reviews. Okay. All right, then. That was on, on Honduras, right? Exactly. Yeah, okay. Uh, in closing here, Windstar Pride, actually, it's the Windstar Star Pride, got grounded, and it caused some cancellation. Uh, I want to know what happened, but they, they grounded this ship on, like, a UNESCO World Heritage site, didn't they? It was offshore as they were, getting, as they were you know, pulling in. It was just off the western side of uh, Panama mm-hmm. uh, as it was approaching the, the canal. And it, it, it created, uh, it caused enough damage to the ship that they had to cancel the sailing. They canceled the next couple sailings. And essentially, after uh, extensive reviews, they've canceled sailings through April 9th. Wow. So, it, 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 you know, the grounding was December 22nd off uh, Isla de Coiba. And uh, so, you know, right now the, the ship is in uh, Balboa, Panama, where, I mean, they do have a dry dock. And, uh, you know, they're working on, uh, you know, getting the ship uh, back together. And, uh, you know, so this way she's seaworthy and uh, she can make that April 9th sailing. So, 
Huh. I'm safe and sorry, I guess. Yeah. All right, Stuart, before you hop here, we do have a question from Jessica down in Tampa. She said, I noticed that some cruise lines do promos where the third and fourth passengers sail for free. We recently did this on NCL with our two small kids. My question is, does this usually still apply if you get a suite? Usually it does, but uh, it also depends on the specific sailing that you're sailing on. So I strongly recommend that uh, you know you talk to your agent and uh, ensure that uh, the, the specific sailing, ship and sailing that you're interested in, does have the third and fourth free uh, applied. But uh, usually it it would it would cover uh, passengers. Uh, sailing in the suites. So generally, a third and fourth guest sailing for free. They're sailing for free, but they're still paying the port taxes on the third and fourth person. Is that how that works? Yeah, they are paying the government taxes. All right. Very nice. Well, I think that's a wrap. So we've been talking with Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. Find him online at cruiseguy.com or follow him on Twitter at cruiseguy. Thank you, man. Hey, my pleasure. You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net. We always like to get your cruise reviews here on the show. If you have one you'd like to share, shoot me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. Like Chris, he just returned from a seven-night Western Caribbean sailing aboard Royal Caribbean's Liberty of the Seas, and he's on the line this evening. How are you doing, Chris? Good. How about you, Doug? Good, my friend. Uh, Happy New Year. We'll get to Royal Caribbean's Liberty of the Seas in just a minute, find out about the ship and all the uh, the bells and whistles on her. But let's take a step back right now, and uh, let's talk about some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to sail Liberty of the Seas? We haven't done a Freedom-class ship yet for Mm -hmm. Royal. Wanted to try one of the mega ships we had tried, Disney's biggest ship, Carnival's biggest ship, and wanted to see how uh, Royals compared. And we've been on other Royal ships, but, you know, they always talk about the newest, biggest, and best ships. So it was time to try it out. Yeah, because these ships, these Freedom-class ships, I think they were like the biggest ships in the world before, what, Allure of the Seas and Oasis came out? Correct. Yes. Yeah, and I think they're, what, probably third largest ships in the world. I think Quantum is in between the Freedom and the Oasis class, and they're still bigger than the Carnival 
and Disney ships. Yeah, so they're they're a good size. Yeah, these are huge ships. Now you live over in San Diego, California. You had to get to Galveston, which sometimes can be tricky uh, if you don't fly directly into Galveston. So logistically, how did you get to the cruise port? We have a pretty good uh, hub here for Southwest, so we flew right into. Hobby or Hobie, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, sure. airport, which is the closer of the Houston airport. Mm-hmm. And we got a really good rate on a rental car. So we actually just paid to park it at a private lot at the port that was close enough that we could lug our bags straight to the ship without having to deal with the traffic of the port. Nice. So you just keep the rental car at the, uh, at the parking lot and then dro- drove it back once you got off the ship? Yeah, we uh, had two days pre-cruise, so we needed a car anyway, and actually when we did the math, it was cheaper to pay for the rental and park it than it was to do a private transfer, so it made sense and gave us a lot more flexibility. Very cool. So uh, you go to board Liberty of the Seas there in Galveston. How was the embarkation process for you? For us, it was fairly good because, like I said, we walked our bags across the street. We didn't have to deal with the traffic along Harborside Drive. It went fairly smooth. There was a little system glitch with my reservation, so that took a little time to resolve. But other than that, we were on board probably in 30 minutes even with the system glitch, but it took me another 30 minutes on board to rectify that. Ah, gotcha. Not bad. Now, uh, you make your way on board Liberty of the Seas. You said this was your very first Freedom-class ship. So what were your first impressions? It was amazing. My wife actually said when we entered the Royal Promenade, which is the mall-like setting down the center of the ship, that she didn't feel like she was on a ship. <laughs> right. So much to do there. And yeah, and it's like almost like you're walking down, at least for me, like a shopping mall. Yeah, very close. They have a car in front of the wine bar. They have a pizza shop, a coffee shop. It's very like a shopping district or a river walk type feeling. Yeah, for sure. Now, you make your way to your stateroom. So uh, what kind of stateroom did you have, and what did you think of it? We were um, actually offered an upgrade by Royal Caribbean, but it was uh, at the front of the ship, which my wife doesn't do. So we actually got bumped down to deck two, and they gave us a number of credit for that. So that was a nice compensation. We had an ocean view cabin on deck two. Okay. And uh, what do you think about the uh, interior of the cabin as far as space goes and then, uh, you know, the luggage storage and all that? Uh, luggage fit fine under the bed. Um, it's your typical Royal Caribbean cabin, you know, 170, 180 square feet. I did find the closet space a little small. It wasn't too small for a seven-day cruise, but I wouldn't want to do it for an extended length cruise. Gotcha. Just had slightly less storage than like the Radiance class we had sailed last year. Uh, was your son with you on this one? Yes. Okay. This was his 14th cruise. Wow. <laughs> what is yeah. he like? Is he like eight now? He's eight. He'll eight? be nine at the end of the month. Wow, wow. Time's flying by. Uh, so yeah. let's talk about dining aboard uh, Liberty of the Seas. We'll start at the top at the Windjammer Cafe and work our way down. So uh, I'll let you go ahead and take this one. We didn't hit Windjammer, I think, until the second day. We opted to do Park Cafe and Sorrento's Pizza mm-hmm. uh, just to avoid that first day chaos that is the buffet on any ship. But the Windjammer for lunch got a little repetitive. It was a lot of the same, as was the Park Cafe and the Sorrentos, kind of always the same sandwiches, pizzas, whatnot. Um, At night, though, they really did a superb job. Meats carved to order, um, pasta made to order. They had crepes made to order one night. So at night, they really uh, shined. They had a Johnny Rockets adjacent uh, one deck up that was actually really good for an extra 
$7. And what they did on this ship that I really liked is on deck 11, which is the same as the Windjammer poolside on port days, they would do um, cooking. Hmm. So the first day they had paella. And the second day, they had a really good uh, chili. You know, actually, it's funny that you, you mentioned Johnny Rockets because I just had my very first Johnny Rockets three days ago in Orlando. And oh, how was it? It, it was it was good, but um, yeah, it was just interesting because you know you go on a ship like you were saying and you paid seven dollars, but my meal was like twenty one dollars. <laughs> Well, like, then I guess we got a bargain. Yeah, it yeah, does, yeah. I should say, uh, even though they just recently raised the price, I think it used to be 5 or $6, mm-hmm. they do include a soft drink now. Okay. Um, so you're getting something there, and it includes as much as you want to eat. They start you off with fries and onion rings on the table. It includes a dessert, either pie or a sundae. So it, 7 bucks is not a bad deal no. overall. No, not not at all. So how was the dining experience in the main dining room? Dining was good. We had my time dining, and... We never had to wait for a table. They made an effort to always sit us with the same uh, servers, so they got to know our likes or dislikes. And on a couple of occasions, my son went to the kids' club, and we would feed him at the Windjammer before, but he was always hungry after, so we were able to get an entree to go so he could have you know something of better quality than a slice of pizza. Sure. What was your favorite meal in the main dining room? They did have an interesting fried fish. Uh, they said you're not you're not so traditional fish and chips, and it was coated in um, cornflakes and Rice Krispie treats. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah, that is yeah. very interesting. Um, how about did you do any uh, specialty venues on the ship? Yeah, we did Chops Grill, mm-hmm. um, which we've done on our last three Royal Caribbean cruises, and it was very good. My wife's not much of a steak eater, but she did get the filet mignon and was able to polish that off. <laughs> nice. So that tells you that it was <laughs> must have been fairly tasty. I have found, uh, you know, I like um, your different cuts. I, my favorite would be the ribeye, mm-hmm. um, and I've tried the New York at Chops, and it just doesn't compare. Your best choice there is really the um, filet mignon. Very nice. So let's uh, let's talk about entertainment on board uh, Liberty of the Seas. So, what did you think of the entertainment? As far as did you see any of the production shows? First off, we did. We uh, went to the Welcome Aboard show. The comedian they had. They actually had two comedians, and we did Saturday Night Live as well as the ice show. Cool. Uh, which any any big favorites, or did you do any like first like maybe do some ice skating or anything like that? You know, the ice skating was kind of the uh, the thorn in my wife's side. We went to do ice skating ourselves. They have an open ice skating, but mm-hmm. they only could accommodate two or 300 people the entire cruise. So when you have almost 4,000 passengers, that was kind of irritating that they just didn't open it up enough for the passengers who really wanted to do it. Is that um, complimentary? It is. It was much easier to access the flow rider and the rock wall than it was to access ice skating. And that might be because they have multiple shows, so they have the schedule around the ice shows, um, which are phenomenal, by the way. Um, It was really good. They break it up by muster station, so it doesn't get overcrowded um, Mm -hmm. rather than doing reservations. They also have Saturday Night Live in the main showroom, and I'm not much into production shows on ships, uh, nor is my wife, but we do like musicals. 
And this was actually, I think, the first production show she sat through on a cruise <laughs> nice. without leaving early because it had a story and it was, you know, fluid. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I can't really. I'm not a big fan of production shows, but when I saw "We Will Rock You" on Anthem of the Seas, the the Queen tribute show, it right. was uh, it was really really good. But I I, I, really, I really like like the musical aspect. Like I really love a live orchestra. Yeah, and they, Royal Caribbean is known for having a live orchestra. I didn't realize it at the time until the end. I assumed they were playing to a music soundtrack, but they were actually, it was the live band behind the scenes playing the music for the entire Saturday Night Live show, which is almost an hour and a half. Yeah, that's that's cool. Now, you mentioned uh, the Flow Rider. Could you uh, reserve that in advance before you sailed? Not on the Liberty. No. They may do it on Oasis and Allure, but to be honest, there wasn't a need. I mean, there was a line when we went, but I think it took maybe 30 minutes at the most. Mm-hmm. And it gives bad. you enough time to build up your nerves to actually do it. <laughs> did you uh, get to hang 10? I did not, but I did not wipe out either. Oh, well, there you go. So, well, you know, I, f- I figure that's a win. Yeah, yeah, the win-win there. Let's talk about the kid program for a minute because your son always loves the kids programs. Uh, what did he think of this one? He liked it a lot. Um, he seemed a little more hesitant at first because it, in his mind, looked like the others, and it was going to be the same. Mm-hmm. But he really enjoyed it. And what they did is they actually copied something similar to what Carnival does. In their late-night programming, it was themed every night. So one night they had, like, a Trash the Room night. Mm-hmm. One night it was a talent show night. One night it was um, tournament night. So after 10 o'clock, when you have to pay, they would have a theme night to – encourage or entertain the kids rather than just throw on a movie and have them sit there. Very cool. So my son was really into that. Let's talk about sea days on the ship as far as how did the ship behave on sea days uh, in, in the public areas inside and out as far as passenger flow and all of that? It did well. I mean, um, that's when we did the flow rider. It wasn't overly crowded. The only issue I would say would be um, access to the open skating. They just you had too many people on board and couldn't accommodate all of them. Um, but there were no areas of mass congestion, as right. you like to say. <laughs> exactly. Even during the DreamWorks parade in the Royal Promenade, it was crowded, but it wasn't impossible to get around. So um, it handles the crowds very, very well. That's very good to hear. Now, what ports did you hit, and which one really stuck out and that you had like a bang-up time in? We hit... Cozumel, Roatan, Honduras, and Belize. Mm -hmm. We had been to Belize and Cozumel before, had not been to Roatan. We did uh, the Lobster Reef or Lobster City snorkel, uh, which was good. A little pricey for what was offered. It was a, a lot of beach break and not as much snorkeling. Um, but it was good. It was uh, very shallow waters, so you could stand up where you were snorkeling. So for a novice snorkeler, it would be a good one, as it wouldn't evoke much anxiety. Yeah, uh, Belize is great. We actually did uh, the Jaguar and Dark Knight Cave um, tubing, mm-hmm. and that was fun. It's not um, like our Dominica tubing, where you actually have rapids. You're really more kind of pulled through the river by a guide. Um, but they break you up into groups of eight, and you get to see the stalactites and stalagmites and kind of get a cave trekking in there on the way to the river. So that was pretty fun. Uh, Belize, though, of course, you have the long tender ride, so that 
can be a bit of annoying. I think we ended up waiting in the main theater an hour and a half before we were able to board a tender. Ah, well, do you do you book your own excursions or do you book them through the cruise line? You know, we do. We fluctuate a lot. Like last cruise, we booked them all on our own. Mm-hmm. This cruise, we had an onboard credit, so we did the uh, snorkeling through the ship and in Belize. The savings wasn't that great, and having to deal with tenders, if you had a private tour, we just did it through the ship out of convenience. Whenever you're researching your independent shore tours, I'm just curious because when I was on my 10-night cruise last month, I asked this question a lot to people. I got a a variety of different answers. Are you using, uh, to do your research, like TripAdvisor and uh, like Cruise Critic and things like that? Yeah, I do TripAdvisor. Not so much Cruise Critic anymore Mm -hmm. um, because it gets harder to kind of weed through it. I go to uh, shorexcursions.com, shorecrips.com, the one that I've heard on your show um, as well to comparison shop. Nice. I just look to what interests us. We were actually going to do zip lining in Roatan, but my wife wasn't too savvy on the number of zip lines they were offering. So and she had uh, workers, co-workers who had gone to Honduras previously and said the snorkeling was superb and that's what you really needed to do. So we kind of used previous people's advice. Cool. Uh, let's talk about disembarkation. Once you get back to Galveston, how was the disembarkation process in the port? We had heard that uh, disembarking in Galveston can be a bit crazy, mm-hmm. so we opted to do self-assist, or, which is their name for just carry it off yourself. And we got there about 15 minutes before the designated time, and they had already lined people off, up to get off the ship. And even though we carried our own bags, it took just slightly more than an hour to get off the ship. Oh. So I would guess like 800 people decided to do self-assist. How was the uh, the customs line there in Galveston? You know, it was a little slow. Um, they had a number of agents. I'm going to say they probably had 12 stations running. Mm-hmm. But even that said and done with the 800 or so people getting off, and a lot of crew were getting off too, I think we were in our rental car by 10 after 9. Okay. And we could have been to the airport by 10 o'clock had we not kind of sightseed and stopped at a few places. Do you have any first-time tips for either A, people sailing out of Galveston, or B, sailing on Liberty of the Seas? Galveston has a lot to offer. I would recommend, you know, getting there a day or two before to explore the area. Um, There's a very historic uh, kind of theme park, they call it the Pleasure Pier, I believe, Mm -hmm. that has some fun rides. And we were like 10 minutes from the port, so being able to enter the port from the non-traffic side and park and just walk across the street to the ship was great. It uh, reduced a lot of headache and hassle, and I would just recommend rent a car, find a close lot that you can walk from, and not deal with the traffic. I did a a cruise line transfer once from... Houston hobby to Galveston and what was really annoying about it and I would have gotten a private shuttle if I would have known this but it actually circled the airport until it filled up going from terminal to terminal and I I was getting dizzy how many times we went around the circle so yeah in future I think I will definitely rent a car or get a a private service to go down to Galveston from Houston. I have rarely found the cruise lines uh, transfers to be economical Mm -hmm. Um, I can't remember how much they were. I want to say they were in the thirty to forty dollar range, mm-hmm. and really, it would have been it was about how much we spent to yeah. park a rental car. 
In Europe, it's even more absurd. I think it would have cost us $300 each way, and a private transfer was about 100 bucks oh, wow. for the three of us. So um, in closing here, what are your final thoughts of Liberty of the Seas? Liberty is a great ship. Um, if you're looking for kind of the not-so-traditional cruise ship experience, um, it's great. We really enjoyed the Broadway show, the large pool deck, uh, movies by the pool, etc. Um, no regrets overall. We've been talking with Chris over in San Diego. He just returned from a seven-night Western Caribbean cruise aboard Royal Caribbean's Liberty of the Seas. Chris, it was great talking to you. Happy New Year, and thanks for being on the show. Same to you. Thank you. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.